Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today are my co-hosts, Nelson. Hello. And Rissa. Hello. How's it going today, guys? Good. Yeah, I'm doing all right. All right. So on today's episode, we are going to continue on the Disneyfication of existing stories. And today's story we're going to be taking a look at is The Little Mermaid. So if you're... Remember the little Easter egg from uh, in the in the Frozen movie about the uh, the new Danish author that <laughs> the king was reading, or at the time he was a prince. He was reading Hans Christian Andersen, and uh, yeah, The Little Mermaid. Well, so, if, you, if you take a really close look at the cover of the book he was reading, yeah, it was the the symbol, was the Little Mermaid, right? Yeah, symbol for Little Mermaid. So yeah, the book or the. Um, the author of this story was Hans Christian, Christian Andersen, and uh, so yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about this and how it was changed in by the by the Disney um, creatives. Rissa, you want to go over the summary here? Yeah, uh, but before we start, I just want to um, put a shout out to to uh, Chadwick Boseman. Um, oh. it's it's been a a crazy year so far, and the fact that he was struggling with uh, cancer for four years and nobody re- really even knew. Um, it's a testament to his strength and not only to um, the characters he played, but to h- him himself as a, as a human being, um, helping others and putting others before himself. Uh, so uh, I just want to send my love to his family um, and, and to those that were close to him and uh, thank them for, for, you know, respecting him and his privacy for, for these four years of, of his hard battle. Uh, just hope that he uh, can rest in peace. Yeah, it's a testament to his character, the fact that he was still donating and helping out um, in any way he could, even while he was suffering with cancer, that and nobody even knew. Um, so, yeah, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, it was such a shock. I didn't know he was sick at all, and I, I'm pretty sure none of us really yeah, did. No one, no one did. So when the news came out, it was just like, "Holy cow! Wow!" Yeah, it's just a reminder to um, be kind to people. You don't know what they're going through, especially during these times. Um, just a reminder that uh, everybody has their own struggles. Everybody has their own battles. So just remember to be kind. All right. So yeah. Onto our episode and um, rest of the summary for Little Mermaid, uh, Hans Christian Andersen. All right. So this is going to be quite a long um, summary because uh, it's quite different from the, the Disney version. So hope you hang in there with us. Strap in. <laughs> All right. So the Little Mermaid lives in an underwater kingdom with her widowed father, dowager grandmother, and five older sisters. In this world... When a mermaid turns 15, she's permitted to swim to the surface to glimpse the world above. When the Little Mermaid's turn comes, she watches a birthday celebration being held on a ship in honor of a handsome prince. She falls in love with him from a distance, but a violent storm hits, causing the ship to sink. The Little Mermaid saves his life and delivers him to a temple near the shore. She waits until a young woman from the temple 
and her ladies-in-waiting find him. The prince never sees or realizes that the Little Mermaid was the one that saved his life. The Little Mermaid asks her grandmother if humans can live forever and is told that they have a much shorter lifespan than a mermaid's 300 years. But when a mermaid dies, they turn to sea foam and cease to exist, while humans have an eternal soul that lives on in heaven. The Little Mermaid longs for the prince and an eternal soul. So she visits the sea witch that sells her a potion that gives her legs in exchange for a tongue and beautiful voice. The witch warns that once she becomes human, she will never be able to return to the sea and that the potion will make her feel as if a sword is being passed through her body. The witch tells her that in order for her to obtain a soul, she needs to win the love of the prince and marry him so that a part of his soul will flow into her. Otherwise, she will die with a broken heart and dissolve into sea foam. The Little Mermaid agrees and is found by the prince, who is mesmerized by her beauty and grace. They become close companions, but the prince only wants to marry the young woman from the temple, who turns out to be the princess from the neighboring kingdom. The prince declares his love for the princess and they marry. The Little Mermaid's heart breaks, but just before dawn, her sisters give her a dagger to kill the prince so she can become a mermaid once more. The Little Mermaid cannot kill the prince and she dissolves into foam. However, instead of ceasing to exist, she is turned into a luminous and ethereal earthbound spirit, a daughter of the air. Because of her selflessness, she's given the chance to earn her soul by doing good deeds for mankind for 300 years and will one day rise up into heaven. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of, of story there. <laughs> yeah, it's quite different. Um there's a lot of different things. I mean, there's some minute details that are clearly, you can tell that Disney borrowed. Um, but the overall story is kind of different. Like the driving factor of why she wants to become human is different. Yeah, when you were going over the story, I was just thinking like, Disney didn't really use this original story that much. <laughs> yeah. So um, this was during the, this was like the first of the Renaissance period, right? Uh, right. First animated. So it seems like they, they started taking more creative liberties with the writing and story development, especially with this, because if we looked at the, the last few that we did in the f- previous episodes, they pretty much like stayed close to what the original story was. And now we're seeing a departure. Right. And we're, we'll continue to see those departures. So what do you think of this initial departure, Rissa? Um, I think it's smart of Disney to kind of... Uh, change their story a bit. Uh, even though Little Mermaid is probably my least favorite from the Renaissance, it's still a strong film. It, I just have a problem with the character of Ariel. I think that if they continued like to use Hans Christian Andersen's uh, backstory of the Little Mermaid, uh, she would have had more substance and she would have been a more likable character because the, the character of the Little Mermaid in this story actually has a longing for an eternal soul, you know, but I think Disney probably wanted to distance themselves from like a religious aspect. Uh, but you can tell that Hans Christian Andersen definitely had some type of religious uh, belief. What, what do you think about uh, them taking liberties with this story, Nelson? Um, I think it's a good thing. For one, it kind of just shows how they decided to put their own spin to the story. They borrowed the general theme of, you know, an actual mermaid and a prince and had an interaction. And there was also the selling of some part of yourself to get, um, you know, that temporary method or uh, that temporary way to try and get what the mermaid wanted. 
Yeah, I mean, there is definitely some similarities there, but um, yeah, it seemed for the Disney changes that they made was kind of more, I don't want to make it seem obvious, but it's it's more kid-friendly, I feel. Yeah. It's just something easier for kids to grab and understand. And I mean, going over that original story, it's that honestly would probably still make a pretty decent movie. But the approach that Disney made, I think, was just for more like simplicity and kind of um, at the time they were still going for the, you know, princess falling in love with the prince and then they, you know, hap- live happily ever after at the, in, at the end of the story. So I think that's kind of the formula that Disney had found and were kind of just rolling with. And they included or and they did the, the same thing for this story. Yeah. Uh, additionally, this um, the Disney change, this is the, the time where they actually started incorporating music in the way that they did. They brought in Alan Menken and um, Howard Ashman, uh, also rest in peace, for The Little Mermaid, and that set the tone for the rest of the Disney Renaissance. Right. Yeah, this was like one of the earlier, um, like kind of, now it's kind of a signature type, uh, like Disney musical type movie. So, yeah, this this was was early on. Right, early on. Yeah, so it's like um, before their, their stories were like fairy tales with songs. Mm-hmm. Then this this Renaissance period was like musical, yeah. but animated. It was. It's basically they brought in Broadway alums, uh, singer songwriters of Broadway musicals. Uh, Howard Ashman was a libretto writer, which is the lyr- lyricist, and Alan Menken is the the music writer. So they, as a team, created a lot of these Disney films. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Howard Ashman passed in the middle of what was it, Sleeping Beauty or Aladdin? I think it was Aladdin. Aladdin. Um, there is a, a Disney Plus documentary out um, called Howard uh, that also commemorates Howard Ashman's contributions to Disney films. Yeah. So, yeah, if you guys want to check it out, it's pretty good. So, How long is it? I haven't watched it yet. I think it's an hour 20, right? Yeah, it's like hour 20. Oh, it's just a single one? Yeah, a doc- yeah oh, one okay. single documentary on him. Okay. All right, so let's let's dive into the original source material versus Disney changes. The first one we see here, uh, the Little Mermaid has her grandmother as a confidant, and the Disney changes that Ariel has Flounder and Scuttle. So, uh, what do you think about this, Risa? I think they definitely have their kid gloves on here, uh, introducing uh, the animal friends, sort of like with with Cinderella. Um, I also skimmed over the fact that uh, her sisters are, there's only five sisters in the original and there's more sisters in the Disney, but it's inconsequential because she doesn't really use in either of the stories the the sisters aren't really the confidant. Right, right. They just follow the story of the Little Mermaid herself. Right. I mean, they do come in. Too in deep. Yeah, they do come in to play towards the end of the original story, whereas in the Disney story, they're, they 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 just sing and that's it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. What do you think about this change, Nelson? So I wanted to make a quick note slash even a question, but in the original story, did they just refer to this character as the Little Mermaid? They didn't give her a name unlike in the Disney version, it's Ariel. Correct. Oh, yes. interesting. So I guess that's another difference that I just wanted to make note of real quick, but... Yeah, I totally agree. And that was my first thought, too, that um, Flounder and Scuttle, 
they were kind of the the animal sidekicks and um just the the friends for for kids to kind of latch on to because yeah a flounder is the kind of scaredy cat and kind of funny and then scuttle is just flat out ridiculous so he still helps oh no he 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 does but i mean with his um he's that character that thinks he knows things but you know he's just making things up oh yeah (laughs) yeah he doesn't know it all yeah yeah i I agree with you guys Uh, it's like that they know that kids like animals so they have to have some animals who kids can latch onto. <laughs> so the next thing that we see here in the original story, the mermaids are allowed to surface once a year, but Disney changed that. They had King Triton forbid any exploration of the surface in the human world. He wants nothing to do with the humans. What do you think about that, Rissa? Um, I think this comes into play with uh, the loss of his wife, right? I think it was delved in the second film or during the, the animated series. I don't really mm-hmm. remember because I, I watched the animated series like once and only the second film once. But uh, I think it comes from his backstory um, where his wife died. Um, I think it's definitely a plot device so that there's more tension involved w- between Ariel and her father and why she's not allowed to go out and explore. Whereas in the original, it's they're allowed to. They just can't, you know. I mean, it doesn't really even say that they can't interact. Right. It just says they're allowed to surface once a year. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think about this change, Nelson? Um, I think it's pretty interesting uh, that, you know, the original story, they, the King Triton or the king allowed their uh, their kind to at least go to the surface once. Um, was it once a year or just once? Yeah, once a year. Oh, okay. So... And I guess the first time is when you turn 15. But um, so that's actually a pretty interesting, I guess, uh, different story. But yeah, I I kind of was also thinking that um, to try and give some form of conflict, um, the Disney changed to make it so that um, no one's allowed to really go go up to the surface and see. And I was also kind of confused even during the original, like because they never really explained why. Uh, King Triton had that as a forbidden to do, and I never saw any of the the show or the second movie. So, if they did explain it there, yeah, I think it was just um, a way to, you know, for a rebellious teenager to for forego the rules, as uh, Ariel so happened to do quite a bit. Yeah, I think it also shows the difference in in between the Little Mermaid and Ariel, because in the Little Mermaid, she obeys her father until she's 15. Oh, right. She's not the rebellious uh, child. Right. So, yeah, I th- I think in um, the animated version, they they wanted to use King Triton as the, that plot device to show why she feels, like, repressed and she feels like she needs to, like, rebel against him. So I, I think that's what, why they made the change. But it wouldn't have... I don't know if it would have worked if he allowed them to always visit or... Visit the surface at least once a year. Probably not. It, I mean, they probably could have done it, but it won't be as as easy to translate to children. They'd have right. to use more dialogue or some some other reason. Yeah, like they like just forced or I don't know. Yeah. Do you think that they wrote that storyline so that they could have um, part of your world as a song? Probably, probably, because that is a pretty good song. It it's a great song. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that's like the 
I don't know if I would call it the iconic song out of this, but I mean, they have that and Under the Sea. I think Under Sea is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but you know, with that song, it, it shows for that longing because, mm-hmm. you know, she was, uh, like you were saying, uh, she had was she was repressed from her father and that probably urged her on to be the rebellious type. Or if, you know, Ariel was just that way to begin with. But yeah, that was there's that feel and wanting. That's what that whole song's all about. Yeah, it's it's the typical Disney formula of of there being a dream. Then I they follow the typical Shakespearean five act play where it's like you know set up, rising action, climax, and then falling action, and then denouement. So it, that's part of the setup where she's longing for a new change. It's in all the Disney films. Yeah, especially you can really see them in the Renaissance period. Right. Let's look at the next change. The next thing is the the prince. He never sees or hears the Little Mermaid after she saves his life. But in the Disney film, Ariel sings to Eric and leaves just as he regains consciousness. He then Eric then vows to find the girl who saved his life and sang to him. What do you think about this change, Rissa? I think it's smart for such a short film to do this uh, because in the original it's a book. Uh, there's more time to build that kind of tension of you know, the Little Mermaid has to find a way to communicate that she was the one that saved his life. Um, Whereas in in this, it's such a short film because it's a children's film uh, that it's an easy connection for the resolve, the happy ending that we're we're known for for Disney films um, that she sang to him and he he can connect to that because even though he wasn't conscious, there's this thing of, in his subconscious, he knows he's heard that voice before. What do you think about it, Nelson? Yeah, personally, I kind of feel like they wanted to like make that connection that uh, for Ariel's voice early on. So it was kind of like um, a foreshadowing with the for the the result at the end of the or even with the conflict with Ursula where, when she asked her for her voice as payment, but. They wanted to make that key point that Ariel's voice is like it's key here. So and of course, there are, I think they're also trying to kind of go more with the flow that this is a, a a musical type movie. And so they're just obviously trying to utilize voices more or singing voices more. Yeah, I agree. It's like that it shows it like you said, it shows that that her voice is the key is a is a key part of the story. Because uh, she reveals it to him, then he looks for it, and then later on in the story you see, you know, what happens with the voice after Ursula takes it. So, yeah, let's look at the next the next difference here. Uh, it has to do with the Little Mermaid's motivation. So, in the original story, the Little Mermaid's motivation for becoming human is more than just the prince. She longs she longs to have that soul that humans have in order to live forever in heaven, and um, the motivation in the movie was that Ariel wanted to become human on a more surface level. It It's not really deep having to do with souls. It's only about her uh, quote-unquote love for Eric. Uh, what do you think about that, Rissa? Like I said earlier, I think Disney's change here was because they wanted to stay away from the aspect of souls. Um, I guess it's assumed that mermaids and creatures have souls in in the Disney realm, uh, so there wouldn't be any because it's kind of dark for a mermaid to just fade into 
seafoam after they die, even though they get to live for 300 years, um, whereas humans get to live in heaven with their souls. Um, so I think Disney didn't want to touch that. Um, it kind of helps it become more um, neutral, I suppose, because they're not delving into any afterlife type aspect. Um, but I personally think that it makes Ariel a shallow kind of character because she doesn't really know what love is. She's only 16. She just saved this guy from dying in, in the ocean. And she thinks that she loves him because he's a pretty boy. And that's another unrealistic expectation of love. Um, that's the love at first sight type of trope, which is one of the reasons why I really, really don't like this movie as a story. I, I love the music and I love the way that it was, you know, portrayed anim in an animated format, but I don't like the story and the character of Ariel. I think she's the worst princess. What do you think about this difference, Nelson? Yeah, um, I kind of touched on it earlier where I feel like Disney changed this part of the story, kind of rolling with the, the constant theme of having a princess and a prince falling in love and then have live happily ever after. So this is just another example of that and one of the earlier ones from the Disney collection. So yeah, I think that uh, Disney kind of just wanted to keep that going since they found a formula that seemed to have worked and we're just making more of it. <laughs> um, probably uh, they also just didn't want to, like Rissa was saying, didn't want to touch that aspect of um, religion. So this was a easier approach and also something kids can try and understand, even though I do also agree that kids shouldn't take this as a fact because that's very, very unrealistic. But it's also kind of funny now because we are delving into souls with Pixar. With the movie? Yeah, yeah. I was about to mention that. Yeah. So what, what do you think? Do you think that the animation studios now are realizing that kids aren't so shallow, that they, that they can actually have depth? In, like because a lot of these movies are really deep, uh, the the new ones that are coming out. What, what do you think about that, Rissa? Do you yeah, think they're realizing that? I definitely think it's a change and a sign of the times. Um, people are starting to realize that kids absorb things a lot easier than they think. Um, so if you start to basically educate children about deeper things when they're younger, they'll become more developed and more rounded adults. So it kind of makes me feel a little jealous uh, that they get to grow up with this kind of change in culture, but it also makes me appreciate um, the how far we've come. Obviously, there's still a lot more work to do, as we can see in our day-to-day -day lives with um, the different issues that we're encountering, but it's definitely a, a positive that we're getting to see this shift in art. I, I want to mention, too, that um, I think Disney's kind of uh, changing the way that they're kind of like uh, different aspects that they're kind of diving into when it comes to movie making is because they're also kind of pandering towards us mm -hmm. uh, because we grew up with the these original you know Renaissance movies and Dark Age movies and all that like all the way through like the the 90s and early 2000s and whatnot and so they're kind of pandering towards us now too I feel that. And since we're of the, you know, probably late 20s into even 40s, really, depending the the age range. But we obviously can uh, understand those deeper aspects. So there are I think they're all Disney as a company is also diving into these other topics because 
they know that we are going to be watching these movies too. <laughs> right. I think it's also a fact that animators back then, because if you rewatch these movies, there's a lot of hidden adult themes, even with the old, old Disney movies. They always tend to bury things in there for the parents to enjoy as well. Um, but as a kid, you just wouldn't ever realize it. But that's why there's the those different memes or different um, articles of like, quote unquote, the dark side of Disney, you know, where there's mm-hmm. like hidden type of Easter eggs in there that, you know, animators buried in there. So there are things for adults in the older films. It's just, you know, as a child, you don't realize it. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you guys feel like uh, we got the, oh, this is our movie when we were kids. Why, why did they give us this instead of giving us something that, you know, give us more credit for being smarter or something like that? I mean, <laughs> part of me is like that, but another part of me appreciates the fact that they... Um, kind of catered to our innocence to to some regard, and it, it just allowed us to be children, you know, and to enjoy our inner our, our uh, that childlike wonder. But I, it's not to say that Disney isn't allowing that for children these days. It's just it's different, you know. It's a shift in the culture, so they have to adapt with the times. Got it, got it. Because back then, it's just like, all right, princess and prince, and fall in love, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. It was kids will be kids type of thing, you know. That's just the way it was. Okay, cool. So let's move on to the next um, difference here. We see Little Mermaid in the original story uh, visits the sea witch to become human. Then the next one in the uh, movie, King Triton confronts Ariel in the grotto, destroys all the artifacts that she collected, then Flotsam and Jetsam convince her to see Ursula. What do you think about that change, Ursula? I think this is more of the tension-building um, aspect that there needs to be that kind of quick resolve, uh, quick tension building exercise within this movie since it's such a short movie for children the easy way for a kid to uh understand that kind of tension between parent and child is to have the parent go on a rant destroy all the things that the the kid basically loves and holds dear and she feels like she's uh in a cage now that she she needs to find a way out and escape so that's where Flotsam, Flotsam and Jetsam come in to convince her to go see Ur- Ursula because they're like, you know, Ursula has a way. Ursula has a better plan for you. Whereas in the original, it's her motivation is she wants to become human so that she can have her soul. She can live forever. It's also another d- distinct uh, difference between the Little Mermaid sea witch and Ursula because in the Little Mermaid, the sea witch is just a sea witch. She's not a villain. And we'll see that in the in the next bit. All right. Um, what do you think about that change, Nelson? Yeah, I was actually um, going to make that point of um, for in the Disney movie, they wanted to introduce an actual villain here it being the sea witch. And the original story, it didn't have a villain per se. She was just a sea witch and she was kind of minding her own business. And she just so happened to have a, a way for uh, the Little Mermaid to get what she wanted versus Ursula has... Um, uh, an agenda. So she's the villain. She kind of jumped on the fact that um, King Triton had done something to Ariel that she doesn't see eye to eye with him anymore. And or uh, she might never had. But after what King Triton did to Ariel's um, her hoarding issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Ursula was kind of like being the manipulative type here by, you know, sending Flotsam and Jetsam to Go try and convince her, visit, visit Ursula. She might help you or she has a, she'd love to help you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
So you see the the evil tempting the good kind of deal here. Right after um, something that happened to her. So her and, you know, it kind of showed that uh, rebellious part of Ariel, too, that, you know, after her dad did something to her, she's going to she's going to disobey him even more. <laughs> All right. So let's let's take a look at the, the next part, um, which has to do with the actual deal that the Sea Witch made versus what Ursula had in store for Ariel. So in the original um, book, the deal lasts until the prince marries. If he marries uh, the little mermaid, she becomes a human and gains part of his soul. If he marries someone else, by dawn on the first day, the little mermaid will die with a broken heart and dissolve into sea foam, then cease to exist. So in the animated movie, you see Ursula's deal lasts for three days. Ariel has to receive the kiss of true love to remain human permanently. Otherwise, she's going to transform back into a mermaid and belong to Ursula. And then Ursula's intentions is because she harbors a vendetta against King Triton and wants to use uh, Ariel as a bargaining chip to take over the, the kingdom. What do you think about this difference, Ursula? So, like I was touching earlier, um, in the original story, the sea witch isn't actually bad. She just has a way for the Little Mermaid to become human. Um, she even warns and gives the Little Mermaid an option to just not do it. She's like, you, this will be painful. I can do this for you, but this is what's going to happen. And she she lays out the whole plan of, of what will happen if she chooses this. Whereas Ursula's deal, it's only three days, so it definitely makes that timeline shorter because with the the other deal it can last indefinitely and like she doesn't have to give up anything like it's just pain a painful transformation whereas with ursula she has to there's a lot of stipulations with this where her payment is ariel's voice which is the defining factor of who ariel is she also has to have a kiss of true love, quote unquote. And then if it doesn't succeed, she doesn't die, but she becomes Ursula's slave, basically. So you can really see the difference here where Disney is defining Ursula as a real villain. Um, because similar to what we saw in Sleeping Beauty with Maleficent, um, Ursula doesn't just do something and leave her alone. She like actually goes in and manipulates things. Right, yeah. You'll see that later in the story. Ursula does that. Okay, what do you think, Nelson? So with this, um, the big change here that I really took after was the the fact that the deal lasts three days versus um, however long it takes someone to get married. And I mean, that's very personal. It, like, it's very different from person to person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if someone truly does, like, you know, have, like, fallen of in first sight and, you know, they could really get the ball rolling uh they could get you know married in vegas after you know being with each other for like a couple months you know that's uh pretty easy to do versus someone else you know it takes they they, someone would be dating or you know a couple maybe dating for like seven years and maybe not even get married till like after a full decade you know so it's very it's very uh personal that when you know someone gets married versus in the story for disney like Ursula gives this true sense of urgency, like three days. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I don't expect anyone to fall in love in three days. And I mean, of course, with the payment too, how um, Ariel had to give up her voice 
to become human like that just adds a whole nother layer of difficulty and i mean even like ursula kind of pointed it out you know use your body language (laughs) (laughs) don't underestimate the power of body language (laughs) yeah so i mean yeah ariel had that same concern because that i just spoke of like but if i don't have my voice (laughs) So, right, how is she supposed to connect with somebody with no voice, right? You yeah, have I mean, that, that's your pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless they know, well, they both know sign language. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, of course, you know, for the, the the sake of the the story and for the Disney version, that's not the case. Exactly, they're well, not. She has they're not Sebastian. Using it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that'd be even weirder if you're, you know, a, a, crab. <laughs> a crab to talk, you know, to a human. A singing crab. Yes, but um. Yeah, I uh, I don't really like what Disney did here because that that was it just pandered to the the unrealistic expectations here. Yeah, I didn't like that. And but what I do like is the fact that Ursula. They kind of also cemented the fact that Ursula was really the bad guy because she intervened with the kiss when it was about to happen. So. And she was like, oh, that was close, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so she was actually um, she did Ariel the quote unquote favor. But, you know, in her agenda was to also make sure that it didn't happen right. so that um, she'd have Ariel like what you were saying ha- as a bargaining chip. All right. So, yeah, let's take a look at the, the next difference here. So in the original story, the Little Mermaid's transformation is painful and she's washed up onto the shore only to be found by the prince. And in the animated movie, Ariel is given human legs, taken to the surface by Flounder and Sebastian. She's found by Eric and taken to his castle. So uh, what do you think about this difference, Risa? I think it was smart for it to be a Disney film to not introduce that painful transformation. Because I do imagine like losing your fin or your flipper or fin or whatever you call it, what she had, her tail, in place of human legs and then also her other anatomy, like, to change into human basically you're at the depths of the sea and all of a sudden you have lungs so yeah ouch so yeah, good thing painful. they good thing they didn't do that and they had flounder and sebastian to save her from basically drowning at the depths of the sea yeah that would have been crazy if like okay you're gonna be human but then you know you're at the bottom of the ocean so good yeah. luck not dying right yeah it's kind of like um with a genie you got to be careful with what you wish for mm. oh yeah oh yeah definitely all right what do you what do you think about this difference nelson personally there's not too much of a difference here i mean she i guess she washes up on the shore in the original story um but uh in the disney version they had flounder and sebastian help her out so I mean, I guess getting to the the surface wasn't it was different, but it, I don't really see that much of a significant like uh, change there. Just how she got there. I mean, she still ends up getting found by the prince anyway. Yeah, but so. it took away the pain. <laughs> it was just, yeah, the pain it, aspect, it was described yeah. as like a sword piercing through her body, right, and, so and like split her in half. Which yeah. I mean, if you can imagine, yeah, your tail being split into two legs. Yeah, yeah. I could I could see that. Whereas in the in the anime movie, it's just like uh, the the light. You just see light, and then light like, swirling, it's spinning, about, around swirling her. around her. Yeah, exactly. And she and looks then, down. She's like, "Oh wow, what's that?" Yeah, <laughs> she's wiggling her toes. Yeah, <laughs> now that she's has now that she has toes. Yep. All right. So let's look at the the next difference here. 
So over time in the original story, the prince's parents arrange a marriage with a neighboring kingdom's princess. So the prince only wants to marry the woman that rescued him. And then he finds out that it was that princess from the other kingdom and they end up getting married. So in the animated film, Ariel and Eric almost kiss by the end of the second day. So Ursula disguises herself as a beautiful young woman and uh, uses Ariel's singing voice to fool Eric. She enchants him and um, makes him forget about Ariel and, and want to marry Vanessa instead, who was Ursula in disguise. What do you think about that, Rissa? Um, this is definitely a, a change uh, because you can see in the original story, there was a lot of time that passed between the Little Mermaid and the prince. So she had the opportunity to have him fall in love with her. And it was clear that she was actually trying. And they built a friendship and a partnership where he trusted her like completely. So you would think that he would love her and want to marry her. And they had that opportunity, but he only wanted to marry whoever rescued him. And unfortunately, she didn't come clean because she'd have to explain, you know, who she was and why she just disappeared and whatever. But I think it's unfortunate that she just didn't come clean and, and tell him. Uh, whereas in Disney, there is the manipulative Ursula right there uh, showing her true colors as um, a villain. Uh, she's, I've always said on this podcast, she's my favorite villain. She has so much depth and the fact that she has this way about her to get what she wants, even though she fails, like she, she does all that she can. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, she almost succeeds. Yeah, she really, she got close to it. She got very close. So, uh, what do you think about this difference, Nelson? Yeah, so in the original story, I actually did appreciate how like it actually took time. Like both the Little Mermaid and the Prince kind of had like uh, more interaction, and you know got had time to get to even know each other type of thing. Versus you know the Disney story, they had those three days. The original story had the change where the Prince wants to marry someone else anyway. Versus in the Disney, obviously they were trying to connect Ariel and Eric together but then you know Ursula being Ursula she wants Ariel as her slave so she intervenes herself she she disguises herself so she's actually doing like she's actually part of the conflict now like directly she's putting herself in in, in between the two and uh, yeah she she has a hypnotic enchantment over Eric and yeah, I mean, it's just like, Oh, she's, she's right there. And, uh, making, she's pretty much making sure that, um, the deal fails. So hence being super evil. I, I kind of see a little bit of a similarity between the two where in the, the story, the original story, the prince wants to marry the woman that rescued him. And then he find he finds that princess but he doesn't know that it was actually the little mermaid that rescued him. Where in the animated one, he also wants to marry the one that rescued him. But when Vanessa comes and she's got Ariel's voice, he thinks it's her because of the voice, right? So I see a little bit of a similarity with that. The difference is, you know, like you mentioned, it's actually the bad person who became, who actually interjected herself, Ursula. She interjected herself into the story. Whereas in the other one, there was no, like the, the sea witch didn't do that. It was all the want of the prince to marry the person that rescued him. Or who he thinks that rescued him. Or who he thinks rescued him. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's look at the, the next difference here. So in the original story, before dawn, the sisters rise out of the water. 
bring the little mermaid a dagger that the sea witch gave them in exchange for their long, beautiful hair. If the little mermaid kills the prince and lets his blood drip on her feet, she'll become a mermaid once again. All her suffering is going to end and she's going to live out her full life in the ocean with her family. In the animated version, Ariel finds out that Eric's going to marry Vanessa the next day. So Scuttle investigates and discovers her true identity. Then they pursue the wedding barge. What do you think about this difference, Risa? Um, so in this one, the in the original story, the sisters actually play a role in it because they want to save their little sister from becoming seafoam and dying because they find out that her plan is going to fail. Uh, so they try to come through for her, but you know the Little Mermaid has such a kind heart; she doesn't want to kill the person that she essentially loves, and she she had all that time to really fall in love with him. So I, I genuinely believe that she didn't want to do this because she loved him. Whereas in the Disney change, it's it's the Scuttles' help, even though he's a bumbling fool, to to help Ariel realize who Vanessa really is. So there's still some intervention in there, but it's her confidant of Scuttle, who is her surface friend. Whereas in the original, it's her sisters who she grew up with, basically. Yeah. So uh what do you think about this difference, Nelson? Um it's a it's a nice change. Um well, rather I I kind of like what they were um they did with the original story where they included the sisters and it showed that they cared for her. Like the other the the older sisters wanted to make sure that, you know, the little mer- their little sister she could at least come home because the plan looks like it's going to it's going to fail. And they, like uh, you had mentioned, uh, they had to give up something else to the sea witch, which was their, their hair. So they there was still another exchange there. So it, it showed they really cared for her. But, you know, the Little Mermaid not wanting to kill the one that she loves and, I mean, have the blood drip on her feet. That's kind of a graphic um, thing that I don't think Disney would have wanted to show anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm glad that they didn't do that. But it... it I liked I liked what the what the original story was trying to show, and I I kind of liked the Little Mermaid as a as a character better from the original story versus what Disney was you know showing in their movie with the the Disney change here showing Scuttle you know f- discovering the true identity of Vanessa and then you know reveals it to Ariel that's kind of like leading up into the climax of the movie where there's now a way to try and fix things. And so it's leading up to like the next kind of action scene. Yeah, definitely. I I I like I don't know if if I like the change or not, but it's it it worked for the movie because they made it so that it would work for this story that they created where Ariel can fight for Eric basically, um going after Ursula. Yeah, so she doesn't become a slave. Yeah, so she won't become a slave, which is probably worse than just becoming the seafoam. And it, and it, it showed that... Um, <laughs> you think becoming a slave and living is worse than no longer existing. Well, if you remember what happened to all her uh, Ursula's slaves, like they're just like, they look like sea anemones that are stuck and they yeah, don't even do they're, anything. They're polyps. But yeah, they're like polyps, but they don't even move. They don't do anything. They just sit there. But they still exist and they have a chance. If Ursula's killed, they have a chance to be restored, which they do eventually um, after Ursula dies. But in the original story, once a mermaid dies, they cease to exist. They have no soul. Like, they're just nothingness. Yeah. Yeah. But You think that's that's better than being a slave? 
Well, I mean, just sitting sitting there waiting for something to happen to Ursula, you know, like well, they don't they don't even get to move; they just get to sit there. And at least there's that's, hope there. That's really bad, though. I mean, like you know, they're just they're just there. Well, yeah. that's, that's that, the price for for you know tr- trusting for, the sea for witch, bartering an e- yeah. with an evil witch. <laughs> right, right. At the pay of the price. All right, so uh, let's look at the the last difference here. It has to do with with the consequence, basically. So. Um, in the in the original story, the Little Mermaid turns into the sea foam, but instead of no longer existing, Daughters of the Air explained to her that because of her sacrifice and selflessness, she has the opportunity to gain her own soul after 300 years of good deeds. And in the animated version, the wedding gets deru- disrupted and the Nautilus shell is broken, so Ariel's voice comes back. Ursula's enchantment over Eric is broken. And so Eric rushes to kiss her, but Ariel transforms back into the mermaid as the sun sets. Triton makes a new deal to take Ariel's place as Ursula's servant by giving up his trident. He turns into the polyp and then loses authority over Atlantica. So then Eric steers the wrecked ship and kills Ursula by impaling her uh, with the splintered bowsprit. With uh, Ursula dead, Triton and the other polyps turn back to their original forms. And realizing that Ariel loves Eric, Triton changes her into a human permanently and approves of her marriage to Eric. And then Eric and Ariel live happily ever after. So what do you think about that change, Risa? Another reason why I don't like Ariel. In in the original, the Little Little Mermaid is shown to have selflessness and sacrifice. And because of that, she's rewarded with the opportunity to gain a soul. I mean, she still turns into sea foam, but she can still help out other people in her form, whatever she becomes, and a daughter of air, uh, to aid human and man humans and mankind uh, for the better. So she has the opportunity to gain a soul. Whereas in the Disney version, version, Ariel gets what she wants despite her being a petulant child. In the end, her resolve is is she gets to become a human permanently, and just because she quote unquote loves Eric. And her father had the power to do this the whole time. So if she just reasoned with him, I think we covered this in the what ifs, but if if she just reasoned with her father like a normal person should, he would have, you know, possibly just done it and they wouldn't be estranged and have this tension between them. Her father really goes to to the ends of the earth for her by by giving up his power because he loves her so much and gives up his power and authority over Atlantica. And (laughs) he basically turns his whole kingdom over to Ursula for his one daughter that just disobeyed him the whole entire time. And I guess it shows a parent's love, but it's also like this girl, you know, she, she's, uh, she's the worst. So the, so the true love should be Triton for for the daughter. Yeah. (laughs) I would have much preferred that where her father came in, and kissed her instead of Eric doing it because that's that's a different type of true love, you know? Like it's, it's, it's unconditional. A, it's yeah. unconditional. Like her father truly loved her. He gave up who he was and his entire kingdom to the detriment, you know, because of his love for his daughter. So what do you what do you think about this change, Nelson? Well, I'm always gonna notice that, you know, this is now the action scene. <laughs> Oh, right, <laughs> the right. climax of the movie. And then, um, you know, it leads up to Ursula, the villain, becoming big and scary. 
now having the power of the Triton and essentially ruler of the seas with the Triton. And so, yeah, it just showed also it, it brought in Eric and he was also the, the one that kills Ursula. And so, you know, there's the resolve of the issue. And then, yeah, towards the end, it's the happily ever after because, yeah, like Rousseau was saying, Ariel gets what she wants anyway. So that's pretty much, you know, the, the, that was the formula for the movie is, you know, it, there was the conflict and then resolve. And then the happily ever after ending. That's pretty much what the Disney changes was for the story. Versus in the original, there wasn't much action, of course. So that's not going to translate well into a resolve for a movie that, you know, Disney wanted. So, and I mean, at this point, it was very different anyway, because of the character of the Little Mermaid. How she had shown that um, her herself as a character having, you know, the sacrifice and the selflessness that you guys had talked about earlier. So sure, that's a nice uh, and a, I think a better story there, uh, or at least um, better character aspects. But, you know, that didn't really fit with what Disney was doing anyway. So I think that's pretty much the, the reason. Yeah, I don't even think they could have sold it that she was a selfless and, <laughs> you know, sacrifice, uh, sacrificial type of person. Cause she basically was a petulant teenager that just rebelled against her father the whole entire way. Right. And you know, she still got what she wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty crazy. Like they, they enabled her. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, you can have your way. Just, you know, stop whining. <laughs> yeah. He just did it to, to shut her up. <laughs> right. Like I'll give you what you want. Just be quiet. Right. And yeah. then she realizes, oh, no, my dad is now like a polyp. What the? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it. they kind of, I feel like they ruined the Little Mermaid as a character, you know, because she had an actual, you know, selfless character in the original book. But then in this thing, she's just like a, a typical teenager. Yeah. So yeah. what did they do? <laughs> they, they definitely flattened her as a character. They gave more of the character depth to Ursula and to Triton himself and you can see that you can see that through this movie and I do like the movie as a film but not as a princess movie because she's the worst literally the worst princess because she's she's just she acts out the whole entire time and still gets her way um she gives up who she is as a as a mermaid person slash person um her essential characterizing factor her voice just so that she can have a pretty boy like that that's no no way to convey what a princess should be to a, a child it's like aren't there any nice mermen that you can uh, latch onto here you know oh, i'm sure there are <laughs> but she's just obsessed with him right unhealthy yeah it's and then that it, first love yeah. Quote unquote. Yeah. And then if you go to number two, oh man, forget about it. She denies her daughter her heritage. Ugh. The worst. Dude. She's the worst. <laughs> I'm sorry to those that love Ariel, but she's the worst. I, I think they uh they did Jody Benson dirty there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it, I feel like they could have done a few things to give her more depth and to give her more something to some character growth, but like the fact that that they did that to her in the second movie just didn't show her maturity. It, it showed her immaturity. You know, it, it showed her like she wanted to bury the past because she didn't want to deal with that part. I mean, like in the, she didn't change. <laughs> I mean, in the end, it kind of resolves. Like, but still, she's denying her daughter the same way that her father denied her. You know, it's like a projection type of thing. She's just um, keeping the cycle going. You know, 
Yeah. All right. So uh, any last thoughts on on this uh, story, Rissa, to close? Yeah. I mean, the original story is great. I, I hope to read it one day in its entirety because uh, this was obviously a summary from Wikipedia and other sources that we found. Uh, so it was interesting delving into the differences. They're both great stories on their own, um, but putting them side by side, you definitely get to see the difference and the, and the change in the culture um, of the time. So in the 80s, especially towards the late 80s, you saw a lot of these teen type of angsty films. Um, think of like St. Elmo's Fire, Breakfast Club, and uh, uh, 16 Candles, you know, all the, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, all of these 80s, late 80s movies that are like coming of age. This was Disney's take on it, but a princess spin. So I can see where they were going with that. But if you watch this with your kids, definitely have that talk where love isn't just love at first sight type of thing that you should respect your parents uh, and kids shouldn't always get their own way because that's not how life is. Uh, but sometimes it is. And that's the way that this happened in, in this story. But yeah, the music is great. It's definitely top tier Alan Menken and Howard Ashman music. So uh, definitely listen to that. Part of your world is probably maybe my top five of uh princess songs so love it definitely recommend the movie but also have that conversation with your kids nelson anything uh any thoughts on on this to close yeah i actually kind of want to read the original story <laughs> because yeah going over that uh that summary it was like wow this actually is pretty cool and it's significantly different <laughs> um, than right. what uh, disney decided to do with it um it, they kind of just used it as a as a like a not even a template, more like just took the themes or not even the themes, just kind of took the aspect of, you know, there's a little mermaid wanting to be um, with the, a prince that she found and yeah. then, you know, try and make another princess movie out of it. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I do enjoy the movie. It is it is a good I think it is a good movie, too. And of course, the music is phenomenal. Uh, it's it's one of those uh, movies, you know, you, you just have to sing along. Right. <laughs> But, you know, the original story, that that shows a lot of different character and good character for, for the actual Little Mermaid. And, yeah, so it kind of makes me want to read the original. So hopefully, you know, once I get past all these other um, Harry Potter books that I need to finish. Boo, uh, maybe get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I need to get on that. But uh, maybe once uh, that's all done, I can check this out. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I agree with you guys. I would also like to just read the original story just because it, it seems like a really interesting story about a mermaid, a little mermaid. It's different than the movie and the I'll just take the movie as what it is, an entertaining Disney movie um, that really sparked the renaissance period in Disney animation. So I love it. I love the movie as a as a Disney musical. All right. So, uh Rissa, anything you want to tell our listeners to close? Yeah, thanks for uh, hanging in there with us. Like I said in the previous episode, as we go on, Disney starts to depart a lot from the original source material. So you'll see it even more with the next one of, of Beauty and the Beast. It's quite a bit of a, a departure where they're stitching together a lot of different versions of the original story and source material. So I hope you were able to hang in there with us and follow along. Hopefully you've watched the little mermaid and if you haven't i definitely recommend it and i just want to thank you for tuning in with us and i uh, hope you have a great day and uh, stay safe nelson anything you want to tell our listeners to close 
Yeah, thanks guys for joining us this week. Um, yet again, another original versus Disney version. And um, hope you guys found it entertaining. And um, to kind of build on what Rissa was saying earlier, I also would like to uh, send my condolences to uh, the Bozeman family. That was, uh, he's, he was so iconic, you know. He's only, he only really appeared in, what, three Marvel movies? But he made such an impact. That's not just, that that wasn't his whole career, but, you know, he will, he will be missed. And, um, you know, Wakanda forever. All right. So I'd like to thank you listeners for tuning in to this episode. Uh, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform because it helps our show grow. And on behalf of the other two, I'd like to say keep your watches synced to Disney time. See ya. Bye. Later. Later.